Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAS10. That's S O. L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. DJ Manny. Manny. L. Scoop B Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bonds said, yo. The best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading up words from Scoop. He give you the business. He show you the proof. If Scoop B said you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment, he give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews, he give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast, the joint and the journalist, the GOAT, so why ask? Watch out, watch out. about it, if he naming them, scoopd.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it's going up for this talking. This is Scoop B Radio. You're listening to Scoop B Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. At Scoop B. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. At the mall. At the antique shop. On your lawn, where you're giving your lawn that fresh cut. I am Brandon Robinson. Professionally, they know me as Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Scoopy. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Snapchat by searching and following Scoop underscore B. And more importantly, make sure that you subscribe to Scoop B Radio on a multitude of platforms iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher app. Tune in app or simply visit scoopbradio.com. And make sure when you guys are listening to Scoop B Radio, make sure you not only listen, but you also rate. Give that five stars on iTunes. Thank you for those who have given the five stars. And also thank you to those who have given comments. I love the feedback. This episode of Scoop B Radio features Eric Legrand inspirational figure a guy who's going through a lot and my man got the iron man award from wwe he talks about Rutgers football and a multitude of other things i don't want to give it all away i want you to listen 
So DJ Maniel, cue the tape in five, four, three, two, one. It's Squilly, y'all. Lay some treats on us. This school be ready. All right, my first question. You're inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame with the Warrior Award. First of all, where the heck did you get those custom shoes from? Man, that was just a whole crazy situation with the WWE. That, you know, what they did for me is truly incredible. And to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, as growing up as a fan, man, watching it, like and being around like The Undertaker and Ric Flair, it's like mind-boggling to even think about it, to be in a company, you know, after being a, them being like superheroes as a kid. But now to be have my name mentioned with them, man, it's incredible. But those sneakers, you had some Ultimate Warrior custom sneakers. <laughs> Tell me about that. Yeah, my son, one my a guy by the name Machi, he um, found out that I was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. He told me that he wanted to make me a custom pair of Jordans if I send him a pair for the for the Warrior War because I was one of his favorite wrestlers. Uh-huh. So I just sent him a pair of J's and he did the rest and they came out incredible. And then he hooked it up with the shoelaces too to make the tassels look like the Warrior. Uh-huh. So it was cool. It was real cool. So which Jordans were those? They were Jordan threes, just all black, black Jordan threes with the white at the bottom, and then he did everything else with the with the paint on the side. He even put my foundation on there, believe fifty two, uh, and the warrior uh, warrior um, symbol on the front. It was just crazy the detail. Those Jordan threes were the ones he won the slam dunk contest, and were they the original color? Were they the white with the red and the black, the black, the gray zebra? Which which model was it before he changed it? No, they were actually they were just the they were the black ones that they came out with this this past year. They were okay. all black with a white bottom. Okay, got it. Um, what are some of your favorite sneakers? Just, I'm definitely a Jordan sneakerhead. I probably got over 100 pairs of Jordans, and um, I would say my favorite ones are Jordan 11s. I probably got the most of those. Do you have a favorite colorway, Concords or Breads? Which ones do you like? Yeah, I love the Concords, man. That white and black look, man. By the that's that's sexy. That white and black look. I love, I love the Breads. The only ones I need to get, I still need to get my hands on the Space Jams. I can't believe I don't have that one, but I need yeah. to get my hands on them. Yeah, they retro those in December again. You missed yep. it. I know. I, I saw that, man. I, I I didn't get my hands on them back then. I was upset about that. Uh, Kind of went right past me, and I'm like, now nah, I gotta find, figure out a way to get them to see if, the, if my Jordan people still have them. So, and they get on them. So you take a step back. You said The Undertaker and Ric Flair. I'm a huge wrestling fan uh, myself, but I take it back to my favorite wrestling moments were Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon's ladder match um, at WrestleMania and, and Mick Foley's I Quit match. What were some of your favorite uh, wrestling moments in the WWE? Oh man, how about when Stone Cold came out with the beer truck and sprayed everybody yeah. sprayed everybody to how about even when he came out with the milk truck and with the Kurt Angle and all that stuff, man. So those are what like moments that always will ask me. The Rock. Anytime the Rock would come out on Monday night raw when when somebody would be in the ring promoting something and then when that when his song dropped, if you smell with the <laughs> come on, man, like that. You can't tell me that don't give you chills thinking about that, man. Uh-huh. And then I remember one of them was with Edge and Christian. I believe they were in Louisville, like yep. 2002. And they were talking about him, and Rock was the champion. He came out there and just, oh, man, got me hyped up. And then I'm a big fan of Kane. 
And Kane was my guy because he was just like that. That one guy that every that was he, everyone was scared of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and if you can step over the top ring, I thought mm-hmm. yeah, I thought you were, I thought you were the coolest. If you can st- uh, when you came into the ring, step over the whole thing. And Kane, when you let that fireman, just all his fire matches, he even let Jim Ross on fireman back. Hey, I remember that. Come on, man. Those are my, those are moments that are always going to stick with me. Do you remember um, the fake Razor Ramon? Say that again. Do you remember the? How far back in wrestling do you go? Do you go back to the nineties? Do you go back to? The I do. I, I started watching probably around ninety six, ninety seven when I was six, seven years old. So I do remember some of the Razor Ramon with his toothpick and thrown in people's eyes. So check this out. Did you know? That when Ramon and Razor Ramon went to WCW and then they had a fake Razor Ramon and a fake Diesel. See, I don't remember. I do not remember that, but I do remember when he came to WCW because that's when he joined, joined the NWO. So you got to check this out. Do you remember the wrestler Isaac Yankum DDS? Isaac Yankum DDF. No, I do not. Isaac, he was a dentist. It was a guy, Isaac Yankum DDS. So he <laughs> he was Isaac Yankum DDS is Kane. And and Isaac Yankum DDS and Kane were the fake Razor Ramon when Scott kidding? Hall left. Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, you got to check that out. You got to Google that when we get off the phone. But yeah, I'm fake. definitely gonna buy my. I'm gonna ask my boys that question because they're huge wrestling fans. I'm gonna ask if they knew that. Yeah, that's just like when you watch Knight Rider. The voice of Mister the voice of Kit is is Mister Feeney from Boy Meets World. Man, see, see how you know all this stuff, man? Because I watch too much damn TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like when you watch Ninja Turtles, the the cartoon. The voice of Shredder was Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince. Yo, do you even think? See, didn't even think about that stuff. Yeah, Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince is for Shredder. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. See, and, and growing up, like I, when I actually watched that, like, I didn't even think of that stuff. But now I'm thinking about it now. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You learn something new every day. I sure do. <laughs> Got a question. So you went to Colonial High School. I was yeah. checking out your stats. You rushed for 1,064 yards on 181 carries in your sophomore year. The same yeah. year, you had 78 yards off five receptions. Um, your junior year, you had 95 kick return yards. Defensively, you have four sacks your sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I rambled, I know, but you got around the field. The easiest name that comes to mind is Brian Westbrook. My question, when you were in high school, who were you being compared to? When I was in high school, I actually, you know, compared me to, I got compared to a lot, which is one of my favorite players. Oh. At linebacker, Ray Lewis was my defense. I was all over the field and unblockable. And Ray Lewis, when I was in, in high school, he was right in the middle of his prime. Mm-hmm. That was when Ray Lewis was doing his thing, and everyone, he was a prototype linebacker. Everyone wanted to be Ray Lewis. And when I was in high school, I was always, I was pretty much bigger and stronger than everybody, and unblockable. So mm-hmm. people compared me to Ray Lewis actually all the time. I would, I remember getting called Ray Lewis one game when I was a freshman. Like you need to block Ray Lewis. How can you let him free? I was like, what? And you know, I was hyped up about that. I know you were. Were there any other sports that you were interested in other than football when you were in high school? Oh, yeah. My, my whole life I played baseball and basketball, and I actually thought my calling was going to be in baseball. I was a pitcher and center fielder, and I, I was pretty good at it. You know, I, I played from the time I was five years old until after my freshman year when one Rutgers offered me a scholarship. 
I stopped playing baseball and basketball. And I always tell, tell people my biggest regret is not playing baseball and basketball all four years. I really upset that I didn't do that because once I got to college, I asked all my friends, I'm like, did y'all give up uh, all your other sports and just focus on football? And everyone's like, nah, man, we did track, football. I'm like, dang. I'm like, I should have did it. I, I focused on football, but which helped me because I mean, that helped me be one of the strongest people on the team for sure. But I wish I would have played all four years. No, and, and you and I have talked before. I went to Don Bosco, and I have friends who play baseball and football. Your boy, Mike Peel, I went to school with him. But mm-hmm. they were guys that, you know, had to make that decision whether they wanted to stick with football, they wanted to go with baseball. I have a buddy, uh, Marquise Liverpool, who ended up playing both. You know, he played minor league baseball and then ended up going to Temple University and playing running back in football when he was older. So, I mean, sometimes when you love what you love, you might pick the wrong thing. Yeah, that's what I'm sorry. Like I said, I look back on it now. And then when my friends start talking about the memories of the baseball or on the basketball court, I'm like, I was there, I was there, but I was in the stands. Who were you playing against when you were playing baseball and, and um, basketball in high school? Well, back when I was when I was there, it was I'm trying to think of the powerhouses. Andrew Biden was in. I uh, was over at uh over at St. Joe's Metuchen. Uh-huh. When, when I was in high school, who else was? Was in New Brunswick was pretty good with Brandon Smith, Marquis Marquis Ham. They were the same year as me. Scattaway, they're always always good. They always had somebody on the team, you know. So, but basketball was actually our sport in my high school. They they won the county. They won the county twice. Two out of four out of about four years there, and they won the, the weight division every year, and they even won the sectional states one year. That they were we were in my school were really good in basketball. It was that was like our sport. Dude, we were definitely better in basketball than we were in football. You caught my ear when you said Andrew Bynum. What was he like in high school as a football, as a basketball player? In the beginning, it was crazy, and he wasn't that good at first. Like he was a big kid. I could barely even dunk the ball, you know what I mean? He was like he didn't grow into his body yet. But as he got as you know, as he got older, sort of mature, and that's when you're like, Wow, this dude's a player. But as when he was young, it was like, yo, this kid like it's just a big kid, you know what I mean? Did you have to guard him at all? No, 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 no. Thank God I didn't have to play my team in the summer league. And uh-huh. I didn't have to play in my by then I, I I was I was off the team, so I didn't have to guard him or nothing. So a report came out in the Asbury Park Press uh, the other day that the Foundation's Paralysis uh, Resource Center will be cut by 13% this year. That's that same, the whole thing. The whole thing. They cut it 13% last year. So they cut it last year. 13%. Now they're going to completely cut the funding from the Paralysis Resource Center. How does that affect you? Uh, it's, 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 it's just terrible for the whole community. This is what the resource center is what I use when I – First got hurt, you know. When you you don't think about a paralysis until somebody you know or you are directly affected by it. So when you when you first get hurt, if you having that resource center to be able to go to to teach you what to look out for, how to take care of yourself, what rehabs to go to, what rehabs to do, you know, what uh, peer mentors, things like that. That's what the paralysis resource center does. And when you cut that now. That's to everyone who was newly injured. They have nowhere to go. Like this, this was offered for free for people just to go on the website. And be like, wow, I can learn all about a spinal cord injury right here. Now you're going to cut that funding away 
unfortunately, these these injuries aren't stopping. They happen every 45 minutes. Until we find a cure for it, we need that, that resource center. And it's just terrible that in the President Trump's 2018 budget, he's cutting it. Christopher Reeves was that dude. How much did he inspire you? Man, he inspires me to live his dream. And that's the world with empty wheelchairs. Unfortunately, he passed away about 11, 12 years ago now. But I feel like that torch was passed along to me now to finish his goal. And that's the final kill for paralysis. Uh, do you speak to any of his family members or have any of them reached out to you? Oh, yeah. I talked to his. I, I know his kids very well. You know, he has a. He has two from his first marriage, and then Will Reeve, who actually works at ESPN, is the youngest, younger than me, from uh, when he was married to Dana Reeve. So I get to, so I got, so I've gotten to talk to them, and you know, we catch up every year at the, at the gala that they have in November. I'll be in DC at the end of the month, so I'll be, I'll be down there with his daughter. So I've gotten to talk to his kids a lot. So were you actually a Superman fan growing up? So, so I, I did watch Superman, but I can tell you what, I was more of a Batman guy than Superman. But I, but Superman was always, you know, that, that super strength, strong and everything. That's what I always tried to be. You know, I always thought I was the strongest guy, but I was more Batman guy growing up. Which leads to my next question. I was going to ask you, are you more of a DC comics or Marvel guy? So I'll, I'll remix that question a little bit. Did you watch the old 1960s Batmans with Adam West and Burt Ward? And, and, <laughs> so you bring it up. I didn't watch any of that. And then when I first got hurt, too, it's funny. I didn't know who Christopher Reeve was. And, okay. my, mom, and my mom came up to me and was like, hey, Christopher Reeve, Christopher and the Reeve Foundation is reaching out, blah, 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 this and that. And I said, who's that? And he goes, are you kidding me? You don't know who Christopher Reeve is? I'm like, no, am I supposed to? Well, he's, like, he's the original Superman. And I was like, oh, no, I'm born in 1990. I don't know. So that's crazy because you know when like my sister she's twenty and I uh-huh. and I'll tease her and I'll say yo you don't know who Michael Jordan is you know him when he played for the Wizards I can say the uh-huh. same for you he won his uh-huh. first championship when he was one exactly exactly so that's why when people I was you know compare Michael Jordan I'm still I'm a Jordan guy because I, right. I I watched his highlights and everything and I and I remember watching him as a kid but I always say to people I wish I got to watch Jordan now. At the age I am now, when I fully understand the game, and you know, mm-hmm. for him, and to make an argument about it, this man, I sure because you know I hear everyone talk about him, and I got to see him when I was younger. But I wish I could, like, when I'm, at, I wish I was 25, 26 years old, be able to watch Michael Jordan and be like, wow, that's greatness. Yes, because I think the way that people are talking about Steph Curry and LeBron James and Kyrie and Durant and all those guys, it feels very nineties like again. The way that uh-huh. the Bulls had those, had, with, you know, they had the two three piece. Yeah, I know. They, and it's crazy. We uh, people always say if Jordan didn't retire for that year and a half, they think that he could have won eight in a row, and the team wouldn't have got those rings. <laughs> well, I don't know if you were paying attention, but did you see the interview that went viral with Kenny Dubjet Smith talking about whether if Michael didn't retire in ninety four? Um, oh, they Robert or, or somebody said that they would they would have beat Jordan and them anyway. So check this out. Do you know why they're having that conversation? Why? Because I did an interview with Kenny Smith that went viral right here on Scoopy Radio, where I asked him, had Michael Jordan not retired, uh, would the Bulls have won eight straight championships? And he said that that the Rockets would have beat the Bulls. So it started a whole conversation for about three weeks. And that came from my interview. That's crazy. That is out there. Man, I, not even though Jordan, no, if you want three in a row, that come back, run three in a row, you ain't beating him, no, so I don't care nobody say. But you know what? Here's the thing. 
the, the Bulls in 94 almost went to the finals. You know, in 94, the Bulls played the Knicks in the conference finals. They lost mm-hmm. the Knicks. Um, and then that was the summer where they had the OJ chase. The NBA finals was going on while the OJ yep. chase was going on. The next year, they played the Orlando Magic. They lost to the Magic in the conference finals. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember that? No, I don't remember it, but I'm saying if Jordan's there, they win. Hands down. If Jordan is there, they win, without a doubt. Well, if you said it, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> I mean, I represent Jordan till the day I die, man. That's my guy. I, I was looking at watching his highlights. Highlights and now understanding the game and been to see his greatness. And when people talk about it, it just pumps me up. I dig it. I got a question. What is your motivation to keep going after your injury? Honestly, it's you know the the people that support me, the random people that are looking up to me. I feel like this is a responsibility. Like, how can I let all those people down? You know. My motivation, my mom, who gave up everything for me, learned how to take care of a quadriplegic. I want to be able to get better for her so she don't have to take care of her son for her whole life. You know, so she can be able to relax and do what she wants to do. And then my, another guy by the name of Adam Telefaro, mm-hmm. Penn State football player, got hurt in 2000, playing versus Ohio State. The doctors gave him pretty much the same prognosis as me. You know, never walk again, never do this, never do that. A year and a half later, he let his team out on the field versus the Miami Hurricanes. So, I mean, I feel like in this world that we live in today, either through the grace of God, my sheer stubbornness, or through some type of technology, we will find a cure for this. It's, just crazy how fast technology is growing and what we're doing with it now. So I know that's my motivation and to get everyone else out of these wheelchairs as well. I'm curious, do you find that people who are in a similar state as you are as upbeat as you? What what is the what is the gauge that you get on people as far as their their mental? Well, it all depends on their situation. Uh, with this injury, it doesn't discriminate and people come from all walks of life sure. with this injury. You know what I mean? You can get people that that are happily married with kids or you can get somebody who's 15 years old in high school with this injury. So everyone's mental is, is different. You can get a gang member who just got shot or you can get somebody who just got into a car accident. So everyone's oh. mindset is different. Some people have a lot of support. Some people have no support. So everybody's mental is different. But you got to have that one same thing in your head if you want to be able to deal with this. Everyone, you got to believe. You have to. And you'll be all right and get better. And if you do your part, and that's the one thing that I try to tell people, if you don't believe that you're going to get better, then you're not. How much do you think that your sports background played a part in how upbeat you are? My sports background is huge, especially when it comes to going to therapy and doing things that you don't want to do my whole entire life. I feel like I was doing things I didn't want to do. Like, you know, everyone doesn't want to go to practice. Everyone doesn't want to go to weight room all the time. You know what I mean? But as mm-hmm. an athlete, you're forced to do that. You're forced to go there. You have to do this. If you want to get better, then you have to do it. So when it came to this injury, I knew what I needed to do, and I knew that mindset I needed to see kids in. Like, I need to grind. This is, it's a different grind now than it is, you know, working to play football. But, hey, I got that. I got the mental. I'm ready to go. You can throw anything at me. I feel like football and all my, all the sports have set me up for a game of life. And anything that's mentally challenged, I'm ready for it. So here's a question. Um, when I was in grad school, I was working out. I was playing basketball, and I tore my ACL. And I and I use this analogy often. Um, I felt as though you know when you go to the to the wing stop wing spot and you get the little wing <laughs> pull the wing in half. Yeah, that's how it felt when my knee popped. It's a hey. 
And I knew that when I tore it, when it, when it happened, that it was a torn ACL. If, if I may, when you when you sustained that injury against North Carolina, what was your thought process? Did you know that that was what, what the end result was going to be? What, were you even in that mental mindset? What were you thinking? Well, it was actually reverse the Army Black Knights, but when I got hurt, I when I broke my neck, I didn't feel anything. My really? body, my body went completely numb. Okay. I went numb. So people ask me, like, did it hurt or anything? And I say no, because my body went numb. So I and I couldn't breathe. So that was the scariest part not being able to breathe. But from there, I went, it went from not being able to breathe. So, okay, now you can't breathe, but you're not moving either. So I'm like, maybe I just got a full body, like a full body um, shock. Like I'm in a full, uh, full body shock. Like I've had that before in my shoulders. I'll be okay in a few minutes. Then they lifted me up. I started, uh, I caught a gas of air for a second. So I said, okay, I knocked the wind out of myself because that's exactly what it felt like. Like I knocked the wind out of myself. So then I'm like, all right, maybe, you know, that will all come back with me in a second. But other than that, I, th- I thought I was going to be okay. I didn't think I was going to be hurt. It sounds very Rocky Balboa-like. The fact that you've been able to triumph and, you know, people are behind you. Are you by chance a Rocky fan? Say that again. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm saying it sounds very Rocky Balboa-like. Um, the way that you're able to triumph and, and you're able to motivate people. When you watch Rocky movies, people followed him because he was an everyday guy. Yeah. See, that's exactly how I try to look. I try to, when I see people in there, and sometimes people go there and all oh, like, oh my God, that's I'm like, I'm just a regular dude, man, with a big heart, and I'm out here fighting, my, you know, fighting a good fight. I'm trying to, of course, lead people and motivate people, but I want to show them that. I'm just a regular dude from the suburbs, man. I was, uh, I was, you know, blessed with talents to play the the game of football almost at the highest level, and you know, but it just it, it doesn't mean, you know, mean I'm not a normal person. I I grind really hard, I work really hard, and you know, I dot my T's and and the same thing, and I do the same thing just as a regular person. How is your health currently? Oh, I'm great. You know, I'm very blessed and very fortunate with my uh, support system, my care system that I have. So with my nurses and everything. And so I'm, I'm very healthy right now. Thank God. I always have to worry about that with these injuries. Cause you know, I'm not moving around as much as somebody else. So I rarely get sick. And when I do, I act like the biggest baby in the world. I'm not going to lie. Cause I'm, a, I'm not used to being sick. So I'm very healthy. Thank God. Do you feel as though people pay more attention to you now than when you were able-bodied? Um, yeah, yeah, I think I have a different for people now. Like when I was playing football, it was the people that followed football that knew who I was. But now I feel like it's it's taking off. It's more than football. This is, you know, going through the adversity. I'm going through everyone has to deal with some type of adversity. So it touches everybody, this situation, not just the people that enjoy sports or just football. Those cool people wrong tank tops are kind of lit. Tell me more about them and how people can get kidnap them online. Yeah, yeah, those are dope, man. I've I've been able to work with cool people wrong now on three or four different uh, concepts with a t-shirt, a hoodie, a hat, and now a tank top. And um, yeah, people can go to provepeoplewrong.com and get them. But um, yeah, it's just a it's part of the proceeds go to my foundation, and you get a really cool shirt with good material. Hey, the material that they have is. It's incredible. Everyone always had to guess the shirts or the, the hoodies. They're like, wow, this this like material, like where is it from? Or and I get now the tank tops too, so I'm excited to partner with them. I always love the work that we do. 
as you were saying that, I was getting a flashback. You ever see the movie uh, Shaft with Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. Remember when he goes, this is Egyptian cotton, 220. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, trying to tell me you're coming out now saying, with some Shaft references on my fruit people wrong, hoodie. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, Question. What do you think of the direction of the current Rutgers football team? I think I think they're everything off the field. They're doing amazing. You know, they're they're getting the fundraising, getting everyone to believe in the hype. Now on the field, they just got to go out there and get the job done. Last year they had probably two wins, and they were getting blown out. Mm-hmm. This year, they I believe I believe they can get six or more wins this year if everything goes right. And then you really get start getting people to believe and get these recruits to believe when you start doing that. So. I really, really hope that they're that they're that they seem to make the improvement on the field. I can I can see it everywhere else. Now it just has to happen on the field. Sure. Rutgers has Chris Ash as head coach. He comes out of Ohio State. I believe he's entering his second year. What do you think of his system? Or what do you like about his system? I like it. It's kind of, it's kind of like Seattle, like when I was there, and that's what it needs to be like. You know, hard nosed, grinding, gritty. Where you know you got to work for everything that you want, you know, nothing's going to be handed to you. And, you know, you got to go through all the details, attention to details. You can't skip out on any of that stuff. That's the kind of coach he is. That's how Coach Shiano was. Every attention, attention to detail was our focus on everything. You could not miss out on something because if you do, then we weren't going to win. And he made Coach Shiano, his big thing was making us, that we, if we weren't the most talented, we were always going to be the toughest players out on the football field, no matter who we played. We were going to be tougher than him through what he used to put us through. And I can see that's the similarities with Coach Ash. Do you think Rutgers is over their head in the Big Ten? I don't think they're over their head at all. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a while before they're up there with those Ohio States and the, and the Michigans. You know, they, they've been doing, uh, doing, you know, performing well and at greatness levels for so long. Yeah, it's going to take time for Rutgers to get there. You know, around here when, in New York, New Jersey area where we are, there's just so much going on between all the different. We're a pro, New Jersey, New York. We're a pro sports uh, culture. We're not like mm-hmm. what is like a college town. Like you got the Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets. You got the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers. You got the New York Giants, the New York Jets. We're we are a pro football town, or not even football, pro sports city. So to get people on board with college, you have to win. Yeah. You have to win. And they got no, and with the players that we have around here, they can do it. They just got to get these players believing. But that's the biggest thing now with this new generation. People are actually growing up Rutgers fans. When I was growing mm-hmm. up, nobody was Rutgers fans. People are now growing up Rutgers fans, which is cool to see. Yeah, because you guys set the foundation. You had Edo on the team. Yep. You had Teal. You had Ray Rice. You had um, uh, Kenny Britt, yeah. McCordy Twins, the McCordy Twins. Sanu, we got guys of that generation between when Shiano was there. He made he put Rutgers on the map and made us a relevant program nationally. And we put guys in the NFL. And now Coach Ash has to take that to the next level. He's been at those programs, and now it's time to take that step and be able to compete in the Big Ten and show that we're here to stay. When you do that, watch, you'll start seeing all these college people like, oh, yeah, I love Rutgers, blah, 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 this and that. I've been supporting Rutgers, blah, blah, since then. So, you know, now these, these young kids who watched Ray Rice, who watched the new, who watched them with the Cordy Twins growing up, they are going to be the generation that goes to Rutgers now and stays home. 
come a long way since Paul Robeson, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you get guys to stay in New Jersey and play football at Rutgers? It's, 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 it's not easy because, you know, you get these big schools coming at them and these big schools have a lot to offer. But it's having to have that. We have a great system when it comes to academic-wise. The top of one of the top pro, uh, program colleges in the country when it comes to business schools, things like that. You can do anything at Rutgers. But you got to get guys that want to have that Jersey pride or that mm-hmm. pride stay. I stay at home. Even if you're from New York or Eastern PA, Connecticut, I stay at home, want to be play in front of your family, want to stay. And that's why, you know, I could have, could have, if I held up my uh, recruitment, I could have probably played anywhere in the country. But I had, I was 20 minutes from Rutgers. And I said, you know what, I'm going to stay here. And I'm like, why go somewhere else and take my time so I can, I have this university right here that I can represent this Jersey. People always love to talk about Jersey this, Jersey that. But Anthony Davis said it back, said it best. If you go somewhere else and you had a scholarship to Rutgers, I don't want to hear anything about Jersey this, Jersey that. Because you have it right here in your backyard where you can really represent Jersey. Who in sports motivates you? Oh, man, I would say Michael Jordan for his greatness, that sheer will determination to never give up and fight no matter what. He The biggest moments, never get, you know, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. He showed that he was able to do that. And also, I would say Peyton Manning, too. You know, I was, I'm was i a diehard Denver Broncos fan. So watching him come back from that neck injury and go through everything, people telling him that he wouldn't be able to play good, wouldn't do this, wouldn't do that. To be able to win the Super Bowl with the with the Broncos was just amazing to see. You speak all over the country. You motivate people. What do you do for fun in your own time? Oh man, I, I love to help all my friends. I make sure I find time for that. You know, I travel. Be heading down to Miami next month. I go on family vacations. Go to Costa Rica in August. You know, I love traveling. That's the one thing I love to do. Or just be able, even sometimes when you can't travel, just be able to get together with your friends and. And laugh, have them all, everyone come over to the crib and we all sit down, watch a game, joke around, make fun of each other. Like, that's the stuff that I don't take for granted anymore because most of the time I can't just get up and then go do it myself. You know, I have to ask somebody, can you bring me here and do this? So anytime I can get together with my, with my guys, that's the moments I live for. Two more questions. The best advice that you ever received was? Best advice I, w- I ever received was? Hmm, not like I said. Be uh, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. I talk about it all the time hmm. in my speeches. You know, in situations in life, we get uncomfortable and people fold when they're uncomfortable. They don't know how to react. But if you and I feel like I can handle every situation from this is what I learned at Rutgers. Just being, uh, I was always uncomfortable there. Coach Shiano put us in uncomfortable ways for that reason. And I feel like now in life. You throw me in an uncomfortable situation. Like Diddy said in the Biggie movie, you throw I mean, but Biggie said in the Biggie movie, you throw him in the bars, you gonna have everyone dancing, mm-hmm. then he's gonna come out with that chinchilla on. That's how I feel, <laughs> man. <laughs> you throw me, me in the jungle, I'm coming out with the chinchilla, man, like Diddy. You know, he gonna, and Biggie gonna have everybody dancing. You know, you, you gave me another flashback. I was thinking of that clip song. I put this on my lord. My niece was mm-hmm. poor when she felt chinchilla. Ah, come on now. <laughs> I've been gone for a minute. Now I'm back. Chinchilla ice all with a fit. There you go. There you go. Last question. You're the best thing since sliced bread. 
Well, what was the best thing before sliced bread? Uh, the best thing before sliced bread? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we, we're all put here for a purpose. We all have to find that purpose in our life. And I feel like mine is to put here to help people get through adversity. And I know that God has a plan for me one day that that miracle is going to happen. And I can go back to that 25-yard line and just show that the hard work, determination, and faith, anything is possible in this world. Eric LeGrand, you off the hot seat. But remember, you got to Google Isaac Yankum, DDS, fake Ray <laughs> Ramon, and Kane. It's the same absolutely, guy. Man, absolutely, don't <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Listen to Scoop B Radio. I love it. All new Scoop B selects brand new music from Bulletproof Bell and Maddie Carlock. Dark City Lights. DK Maddie. Maddie Bell. This one's for you. Shooting stars fly through the sky, running wild to the morning light. The city's alive, I can't describe the magic in the air tonight. I wish it was here. There's magic in the air tonight. Feeling in the breeze, sun beaming through the shade of the summer trees. Corruption in my city, I can never sleep. I'm from the city of them dark lights, dark city. I'm trying to make it out and bring the park with me. Summer days, darker nights, surviving in these streets for a better life. So you celebrate, we medicate. The hood ain't really built for a featherweight. When you can hit them shots, through fireworks. We were shooting shots and hope we fire first. We was taking shots and hope the liquor worked. For what it's worth, man, that pain hurts. You struggle well when you win the field. Don't waste time and play games. Scoop B Tell Radio. Tell your girl you love her, hope she feel the same. Bless. Shooting stars fly through the sky. Running wild to the morning light. The city's alive. I can't describe the magic in the air tonight. There's magic in the air tonight. Listen to Scoop B Radio. Mom, same dad, we got 11 brothers, we all we have. Grew up in the struggle, praying never last. Living for the moments, learning from the past. Drinking through the nights, burning through the stairs. Bella homies out, blowing on my cash. Cause when it rains, it pours. We the first wave, we the first to the shore. Sure, I've been stabbed, been shot. On a few occasions, I've been locked. I made it out, I hope you make it out. Walk past things, take a different route. Local news is calling us criminals. Now my music getting called for an interview. Don't waste time to play games. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. 
So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.